In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord. May heaven and earth. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my words, words and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In his great mercy, God made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. Hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Everlasting God, you have ordained and constituted the service of angels and men in a wonderful order. Mercifully grant that as your holy angels always serve and worship you in heaven, so by your appointment they may also help and defend us here on earth. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the Feast of St. Michael and all angels is written in the book of the prophet Daniel, chapters 10 and 12. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress, such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. The second lesson is written in the revelation of Jesus Christ to St. John chapter 12. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers 
who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and all you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. Conquered him by the word of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory be to you, O Lord. Glory be to you, O Lord. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. For the Son of Man came to save the lost. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you.
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. There is a popular opinion that the Christian religion is for the weak. That it's merely a, a crutch. Religion is a crutch for, the, for weak-minded people who need strength in numbers. Likewise, some people, people sometimes picture even Jesus Christ as a weakling. Think of it, our, our chief festivals of the Christian year celebrate Jesus as a baby and then dying on a cross in weakness. And in between those two, oftentimes he is depicted as, as a soft-spoken, tender-hearted man, not particularly manly, soft even. This same tendency is also shown in most depictions of the holy angels. Think of it, how do you see them depicted? Commonly either as long-haired, elegant ladies or as cute, chubby babies with wings. All of this couldn't be further from the truth. But still, I think it is what it leads at least some people to conclude that the church is primarily for women and children. In particular, it may have led some men to conclude that Jesus and his church are not for them. And if the men check out, eventually their children will follow. But the reality that we remember today on the feast of St. Michael and all angels is that not only are the angels in the Bible characterized as men, they are uniformly warriors, soldiers, fighters. The heavenly hosts are the armies of heaven. Their leader is St. Michael, the archangel. But their commander is Jesus. The Lord of hosts himself, Jesus and his army of angels, is a fighter, a powerful conqueror. And the reason that this is important, the reason is it is important to know just how strong this fighting force is, is because we are opposed by a dreadful foe a mighty enemy. One of the most dangerous consequences of thinking that Christ and his angels are weak is to imagine that the devil and his angels are weaker still. For either we will conclude that the devil just doesn't exist, he's not going to bother us, or we think of him mainly as a cartoon. Can't hurt us. St. John saw the devil as an evil dragon, 
that is an ancient serpent who leads the whole world astray, and perhaps we think of the devil like we think or don't think of dragons. But he is real. And if he had his way, he would destroy everything good that God has made, including you and everything you hold dear. If the enemy is small and weak, our fighting force, our defense could be small and weak too. But the devil is a roaring lion, a dragon. And you are no match for a lion or a dragon. And neither are your children. The fire he breathes is the fire of hell. He breathes out accusations against you all day long and won't even let you get a sound night's sleep, but drags up your crimes and your faults, your sin and your shame before your conscience in the darkness of night. His forces, he advances his force to, to lead you to pride by day and despair by night. His aim is to devour you and to lead the little ones under your care into sin and down to hell too. There is nothing that draws a sharper sword from Jesus than the thought of someone who causes a little child who believes in him to stumble and fall. But make no mistake about it, Jesus is not warning the devil here. He is warning you. The one who stands between Jesus and the safety and salvation of his little lambs and sheep is in fact then standing on the side of the dragon, opposite Jesus and his angelic host. When Jesus says that the one who causes one of these little ones to sin should be anchored to the bottom of the sea, he's not just posturing. Jesus has the army to back it up. He is deadly serious. The angels who watch over the little ones, he says they see the face of God. That is, they answer to him. And they follow orders. They are no joke. But it's not just little children that they protect. The psalmist writes, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Sin and temptation come upon everyone. But the angel hosts are not merely concerned with getting you through life with your body intact. But they are primarily concerned with getting you to eternal life. And so if it would be better so it would be better if it would be better to enter life maimed than to burn whole in hell. 
we might be very glad to have the angels start slashing us with their swords. But woe to us if we fight for the other side. Woe to us if we fight against the angels who welcome children in Jesus' name by teaching them by word or by our example that Jesus and his word, his house, his word are not the most important. Woe to us. And woe to us if we believe that that an intact, healthy body or a whole intact income or a whole intact social life or education is more important than our eternal well-being. And don't think the angels don't notice such treachery. The most heroic of conquerors lead their troops in battle. They don't fight from a throne or from a desk. They go first. And even so, our conqueror, our hero, has gone into battle. You will recall it was Jesus himself who lined up against the devil in the wilderness and who fought victoriously, conquering him with nothing but the word of God. And only when he had won did angels come and attend to him. And again in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus fought, fought so hard that his blood, his sweat was like drops of blood. But by his prayer and his perfect will, he defeated the tempter. And again, angels came and attended him. But the key battle, the decisive, the climax comes on the cross when the enemy unloads all his arrows, fires all of his weapons at our hero, and he dies. But he is no weakling. He is our conqueror. And by his death, Jesus destroyed death, conquering sin and disarming the devil himself. In his revelation, which we heard St. John, in his vision, St. John got to see this cosmic war between good and evil, between Michael and his angels and the devil and his angels. It's not entirely clear when this battle took place. Was it at the very beginning when the, the angels, the evil angels fell away? Or was it there on the cross where Jesus went to battle Or is it still to come? The final battle when the last enemy death is finally destroyed. I don't really know. But two things are sure. One, Jesus Christ is victorious over death and the devil. And two, there is a battle that still wages the blood of the Lamb of God, still and always will overcome the devil.
The word of those who testify overcomes all the accusations of the evil one. But still his angels must fight to guard and defend you and your little ones. Just as we still need the holy angels to guard and defend us. And in this battle, we still need men and women also to stand on the side of the angels, to welcome little children in the name of Jesus, to fight for them, to be zealous for their eternal welfare against every enemy, every one or thing, anything that despises looks down upon them. Martin Luther, in a sermon once on, for this festival, St. Michael and All Angels, he said, The devil is the enemy of all children and does not like to see them come into the world, grow and prosper. No, the devil would much prefer that they never be born. The devil would prefer them to be killed in the womb or to be neglected, or ignored, left on their own, to imitate the world and to be trained and educated by it. No, this is no time for cowards. This is war. This is time for all Christians, but, but especially men, you Christian fathers. Time to pick up a weapon and fight. Stand a post. Say with the holy angels, under my watch, this child of God shall meet no harm. Christian fathers, you are God's man for your household. You, just like the holy angels, have been given a command concerning those in your care, your responsibility. Man up and stand with the angels. but know this, all of you. The blood of the Lamb, not yours, wins the war. The word of Jesus, not yours, makes the devil flee. The holy angels do not just watch over and fight for children. They watch over all who are children of God, all brothers and sisters in Christ. So even when you sleep, even when you can no longer keep watch, the angels neither slumber nor sleep. Even when you fail and your conscience accuses you, the blood of Jesus himself alone quiets the conscience and comforts you. Christianity is not just for the weak, for weak-minded who need strength in numbers. Though it is for the weak, it is for those who humble themselves like little children. But our strength is not in our numbers. The enemy is strong. He has numbers too. 
But our Lord Jesus Christ and his holy angels are a mighty, innumerable host. We may be weak. He is strong. So we follow. We march. We fight. But when the fight is fierce, when the warfare is long, the devil's furious. He rages still, but his time is short. Soon, soon to faithful warriors comes their rest. And then the holy angels will again bear us home, and we shall be delivered. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father.
We come to you, Holy Father, with praise and thanksgiving through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him we beg you to accept and bless the prayers and gifts we bring. Do not consider what we truly deserve, but grant us your forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy, remember, Lord, your holy church. May your holy angels watch over her and guard her. Grant her peace and unity throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, remember, Lord, our president, our public servants, and all in our armed forces. Guide, bless, protect, and uphold them in honor. Bring all nations into the ways of peace and justice. In your kindness and love, give us seasonable weather and an abundance of the fruits of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, remember, Lord, all who suffer for your name, all who are in prison, the hungry and ill-clad, the poor and the lonely, those who travel and all who cry out to you in their time of need. Grant that your holy angel may be with them always, that the evil foe may have no power over them. Lord, in your mercy. Remember, Lord, all who are gathered here before you, our living and true God. We pray for our well-being and redemption. Grant us always the company of your holy angels. Order our days in your peace. Deliver us from the danger of eternal death and number us among your chosen flock. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Father, in communion with the whole church, we give you thanks for your, gift, your saints in whom you have given us a mirror of your grace and mercy. Give us grace to walk before you with faith like theirs and grant us a share in their blessed fellowship with all the, the holy angels. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, grant that we, your servants, may receive worthily this sacramental mystery, the New Testament of our divine Redeemer, for he is truly the Lamb of God who gave himself once for all as a holy, spotless, and perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sin and for the life and salvation of the whole world. Through him and with him and in him, all honor and glory is yours, O God the Father Almighty, in the unity of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him your majesty is praised by all the holy angels and celebrated with one accord by the heavens and all the powers therein. The cherubim and seraphim sing your praise, and with them we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
Almighty God, endless is your mercy and eternal is your reign. Out of love you created us and everything which exists. In mercy you preserved the church in Noah's day with a flood. In grace you promised to bless us through Abraham's seed. With patience you protected that seed through the judges and kings of Israel. In faithfulness you repeated your promises through the prophets. And when the time had fully come, you sent your Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law with a perfect and sufficient sacrifice, which paid the price for the sins of the entire world. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, gracious Lord, we bow before you in thankfulness for your many and varied gifts, for Christ's redemptive death, his victorious resurrection, his ascension promises, and his powerful reign at your right hand. Bolstered by your endless grace and Pentecost spirit, we eagerly await his glorious return. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
O God the Father, source of all goodness, in your loving kindness, you sent your Son to share our humanity. We thank you that through him you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We also pray that you will not forsake us, but will rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, so that we willingly serve you day after day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.